Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Raiders, we're talking about the defensive line. We're talking about the new defense. We're talking about the new defensive faces, the faces of the defense. And really, as I wrote today uh, in the Las Vegas Review Journal, the faces of the defense are unique in Gakwe and the defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley. But the great thing about that is um, they understand how important it is to make room for a bunch of other faces. And they want to kind of – it's going to take some leadership. It's going to take some guidance. Um, but they want to bring a whole bunch of other faces uh, into that picture frame. And I think they're well on their way uh, to doing that. And it's just when you watch Gus Bradley – do his thing, and I've been keying in on him these last couple of days. Uh, the positivity, the enthusiasm, uh, the way he communicates, some of his phrases, some of his kind of philosophical one-liners that he that he fires off. Uh, his smile—he's always encouraging. He—he uh, he has a way of—I mean, he talks a lot, even on the field, about standard and effort, and don't deviate from the standard. And we—we we, this is what the standard is. Do not fall below that standard. But he does it in a way, and I think I wrote it this way, it's not like he's hammering you over the head with it. Uh, he's doing it with reason, uh, with good vibes, with positivity. And I know that, you know, all of those type of things, you're like, come on, these are grown men, they're getting paid. Uh, how much do you have to have that? How important is that? Well, I'm telling you, it's critical. It's the difference literally between getting people to do things and making people do things. You want to get people to do things. You want to make them part of the process you want to give them ownership of it you want to develop a relationship so that it's there's a collective aspect it's not just you it's not just me it's us and um i just feel like this breath of fresh air that he's bringing to the table on top of the track record the respect the intelligent the eye for talent the scheme uh, the teaching the communication the assistant coaches and ron milas and richard smith and retaining rod marinelli uh, I just think that you're going to see that reflected in how this defense performs. And, and we've been talking about it all show, uh, that leadership, the much-needed leadership. It's leadership that as I sit here and even when I was writing my story yesterday or today, even when I was thinking about this story, I was like, who could the Raiders have truly said last year defensively? That's the leader. Corey Littleton, uh, you know, Corey Lindelson is a good player, but he was struggling, number one. Number two, he wasn't really a leader in Los Angeles. Um, he's a guy that barely said anything. You know, it was funny because guys would tell me, you know, he, he, he never says anything. But then he'll say something where you realize he's been listening the whole time. Um, you know, so he, he, he understands, but he's just not the, the most verbal guy. Uh, and I don't think that he can be counted on necessarily – to be a leader. Um, so when you look at that Raider defense last year, Clee Farrell, now not that at that point. Max Crosby, you know, at that point in his career, I think he's kind of ascending to that role this year, but I don't think he was ready to be a leader last year. Trayvon Mullen, no. Damon Arnett, no. Jonathan Abram, he was trying to get his feet wet. There was no real um, leadership that um, you could count on. You can, you know, that that you could say, okay, this is the guy that's going to get us through right here. 
Eric Harris, the free safety veteran, free safety. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had leadership qualities, but he didn't really back it up with performance. That's the other key to it. You can't just be screaming and hollering and telling people what to do and being that leader, but not being able to back it up. I think in unique and Gawkway, I think in Casey Hayward, guys like Quentin Jefferson, I think you have the, the full package, especially in unique, a guy that's going to be able to produce and be able to lead uh, and, and develop that respect or earn that respect from players because he's good enough and they're, wa- they're going to want to uh, lead. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend, uh, Dr. Robert Odell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. By the way, we've talked about this all the time. I know that when we get older or whatever the case might be, pain starts creeping into the equation. It almost seems to be an inevitable part of, uh, of getting older. And that might be. It might be true that pain, some sort of pain, um, is inevitable as we get older. But suffering through the pain isn't inevitable. Yes, pain might happen, pain might occur, pain might crop up. But there's solutions uh, to that pain. It's not something where, well, I'm getting older, here's this pain, I'm just going to have to suck it up and deal with it for the rest of my life. No, there are ways to manage that pain. And this is where Dr. Robert Odell, our uh, good friend and next guest, uh, can help uh, over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center. Give them a call at 702-257-7246. And they're going to prove to you, show to you, show you the way that pain is something that can be overcome. And it's not something that you have to grudgingly deal with the rest of your life. There's ways to fix it. There are ways to manage it. Dr. Odell, uh, thank you for spending some time with us in the huddle today. I understand we talked full disclosure. We talked earlier today. And um, I'm, I'm, is it okay if I just say what's going on, Dr. Odell? Are you okay with that? Yeah. Dr. Odell uh, is has tested positive for COVID-19. And so he is uh, under Grounded. the... What's I'm grounded. That? He's grounded. I'm in jail. The, the, he's in jail. The plane is in the hangar for for a little while, uh, getting fixed up and uh, and and getting the treatment that this it deserves. Is, yeah, for, but I feel okay. This is day three of ten, so I'm doing some uh, medical legal work, trying to keep some uh, doctors out of jail if the DEA is wrongly accusing. But that's another issue. Well, we we wish you luck in in that endeavor uh, as well. But uh, let's. I want to talk to you about this because I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say because I actually learned a lot over the last couple of days. Okay, first and Tennessee, foremost, went to Tennessee. Yes, uh, uh, Tuesday. Um, uh, did some really cool cases. That's one of, one of which I've never done before, but came off wine uh, fine. When I felt the sniffles, and uh, I was up for like 23 hours on Tuesday night because the darn plane was late, and they lost my luggage and the whole nine yards. But um, next morning, I went in, and, and I still the sniffles, and uh, we, we got a rapid test, and it was positive. So I, of course, uh, hauled, you know what, home and uh, to be a responsible uh, player. And I called my doctor, who's probably the best doctor in the country. His name is Robert Milney, and he does things uh, the natural way. He told me a long time ago not to take uh, – Medications, unless he really had to, and he's absolutely right. And uh, he, in fact, I, I was vaccinated, and I still caught it. You know, sniffles, uh, sneezing, uh, feeling a little off, which I do right now, but nothing major. And I'm 74 years old, um, although never smoked, don't any of that. Now, I went down to his office today. He kindly saw me and gave me – he has some stuff that he gives to his patients. One of them is hydrogen peroxide, and he's had about a, 700 patients on his hydrogen peroxide and um, – and then uh, what's the other one? Uh, there's another herb. 
and none of them have ever gotten sick, and he's not been vaccinated. So there are alternatives to vaccinations, and I don't. I'm not a ID guy. You know, I I uh, I do believe the reliance on the vaccination was too much. I do know that my good friend Wayne Root is railing against it, but I'm kind of uh, rethinking this. I mean, we do need herd immunity. I get that, and I don't know the answers. It's not my area of expertise. But uh, maybe I'll have more answers for you uh, next week because I'm uh, I'm available every day next week. <laughs> you need me. <laughs> All right. So you say real, real quick. You're saying day three of ten. What what uh, what's the ten represent? Well, ten days is the uh, uh, the whole issue is me infecting other people, right? Which we don't want to do. Now my handyman is here, and a young lady who's helping me with my train houses is here. And I'm just wearing a mask and staying six feet away, and that works. And and but <laughs> you have to do it. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I'm thinking now maybe wearing a mask on the plane is a good idea because, of course, I wouldn't have infected anybody, although I was up front and Delta One wasn't really near anybody. Um, I think the risk of me passing on anybody there is fairly low. But what, what worries, what bothers me is I did get vaccinated. One thing your listeners need to know is just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you're not going to get it. You're vaccinated increases your immunity. That immunity is increased for you as an organism to, re- to, to recover or to, to recover or to mount a greater response. Right. But as Dr. Milley told me today, they're injecting like 70 million of those little core proteins in, in, into you with a vaccine. Like, who wants that? And honestly, I don't know the answer. And I'm not I don't I'm not trying to tell listeners whether to get the vaccine or not. Uh, it may not be the panacea that everybody think thinks. And that may be why, um, um, you know, there's with the Delta variant and the other stuff that's coming up. Uh, we had we had to start wearing masks again today. So uh, I, I don't have the answers, but I've sure learned a lot in the last three or four days. And, and I, and I'm gonna, go ahead. And I'm going to be out of my office till Saturday. I'm going to schedule some blocks Saturday because I had to cancel all Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all next week. But of course, I'm going to be on the phone with my nurse practitioner. Um, advise you know uh, 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 consulting over the phone and uh, we'll get people scheduled and everything so i just hate to see the patients miss miss a treatment so we're getting so many folks better so much quicker but i will i promise you i'll have more answers uh uh and and, and not not my opinions but hopefully more answers maybe early next week we could talk again because it's so interesting not many people know that if you're vaccinated it doesn't mean you can't get it and you can't test positive mm-hmm. and I don't know if you can transmit it. Now, one of my friends who works on my trains, he is an IT guy. He's coming over on Saturday. Why? He already got it. He's immune. So do I have to take the third booster, the second booster? Maybe not. Now, and again, it, you know, infectious diseases, immune system is very complicated. It really is. There's, sometimes there's not straight answers, as some of the national speakers would, uh, would uh, want you to believe. I still believe lockdowns. Are, uh, are wrong, um, but I think that everybody just needs to be responsible to their other, to, you know, to their other fellow travelers and human beings, and and we can certainly get through this. I'm not that sick though, and I'm I'm you know I've been called elderly many times at UMC when I used to work there. And I'm, I'm glad you know obviously uh, uh, knock on wood, and very glad to hear that you're not that sick, and that um, you know the so far uh, the, uh, the 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 symptoms have been of the mild um, variety, and uh, hopefully that that continues. Um, 
you, you raised a, a, an interesting uh, point, though, when you said that your friend that's coming over has already had it, so he's immune to it. Um, yes. There's been a couple of players in pro sports who um, we thought had COVID-19 previously, and now they're testing positive again. What do you chalk that up to? Do you think that maybe there was some misdiagnosis earlier uh, or maybe even now? Uh, because I thought once you had it, you had it, and, and, and you're good to go from that point on. I don't know. I, I, can't, I really can't answer that question. I really would defer to a specialist. Uh, it could have been a false positive. When I do my medial branch blocks on people in the low back, there's there's one chance out of three that even though I block those little nerves and they have and they have no pain afterwards, there's one out of three chances that those nerves are not those those facet joints and the facet joint nerves are not causing their pain. That's why many places do two diagnostic blocks, which lowers that risk to ten percent. You might say you block nerves, pain goes away. Simple. Well, the body's not that simple. Not that simple. And and you know Doctor I mean? Yeah, Doctor Odell, um I, I, I it's it's good to have a doctor on here right now and I'll I'll tell you why. Um I think we've gotten to a point maybe, you know, uh outside the medical uh world and maybe sometimes within the medical world where everyone's um offering these absolutes. It is, it isn't, it has to be this way, it doesn't have to be this way. Um when the reality is I don't we, we don't have all the answers. And medical to me in the medical world, at least from my, you know, vantage point, nobody's ever claimed to have all the answers. I think it's more about managing, mitigating, uh, trying to, you know, harness whatever. But nobody risk. Yes, it's called risk. Yeah. Nobody in your world that I know of, anyway, or at least the good ones, are sitting there making any declarations, absolute declarations, because I'm sure I would have to think doctors, people that are in your industry, understand that things change and you don't have all the answers and dynamics can change. And what you thought was the case on Monday might not be the case next well, Wednesday. Here, here's one thing I want to tell you. People rely too much on on drugs. Um, Dr. Milley, echinacea is the other, the other uh, thing I couldn't think of, the, the herb, and the hydrogen peroxide. I can use that. And he has like 700 patients. On, they've never gotten... They've never gotten uh, uh, sick. They've never gotten it. They don't need it. Uh, hydroxychloroquine, it's a crime what has happened and not allowing people to use hydro HCG, hydroxychloroquine. And I did pick up some of that from him in case I do need it. I also have uh, uh, something to take if I get a fever. It's another herb, and I, and I wish I could give you the names, but I don't. But people have to understand there are often many things that people can take that do not rely on taking drugs. I take UltraCure. It's a curcumin-like product, and uh, I have very few aches and pains, which I should. And and uh, it, there's natural curcuminoid receptors in the body. Yeah, I stick needles in people when they need the big-time stuff, but, heck, we, we try our best to help folks uh, uh, naturally. Uh, and, if they, and, you know, if they need narcotics for, for a couple of weeks or something in a car accident, that's fine, you know, temporarily. But it's, it's having that balance and... And trying to trying to uh, use your head. I mean, Doctor Milne is he, he opted out of Medicare in 1989. He was smart. The nuts to those people. And uh, he's been practicing medicine the way it should be practiced for the last 30 years. And he's a the prince in my book and one of the best doctors in the country. Uh, but but uh, uh, you know it, it's a uh, it's really please tell your listeners tell all your relatives you don't always have to rely on medication. You really don't. In fact, in our in our uh, clinic we use electricity. We get people better with uh, the Synexus Electro which I've been using longer than any other doctor in the country. 
and now the device is selling like wildfire. We're selling the reimbursement issues, and I've borne the brunt of that, fighting Medicare and the feds and everybody else. But nonetheless, I've gotten a heck of a lot of people better. Dr. And that's Odell, the bottom line. And we're talking to Dr. Yeah, Odell. From, yeah, no, no worries. Uh, Dr. Odell from the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. You know, Dr. Odell, I can remember when I was younger, uh, you know, uh, kind of growing up, and I can remember some the noise around me a little bit uh, when things like acupuncture or or methods from other parts of the of the world uh, that were you know kind of being introduced here in America, and and it always seemed, Dr. Odell. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I read it incorrectly and still do. But there always seemed to be a fight against it or a resistance. It's pharma. Yep. Yeah, it's I was going to ask you, what's the... What's the... 19, 1910, the Flexner Report came out. It was sponsored by the drug companies, the AMA, and some other stakeholder. And they claimed that, first of all, nutrition has no place in medicine. Number two, electricity, of which 50% of the doctors were using electricity, had no place. So they set back well, I hold dear, near and dear to my heart 50 or 60 years. So those are, that's a real good example of, of us being misled. Um, by the way, before I go, I do want to tell you a great Olympic story. Uh, I, I want to make sure I have just a few minutes to do that. Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's really, it's really uh, important that people understand this. All of us in this country want instant gratification. Take a pill, you know, have a symptom, take a pill. Once again, I'm not talking about blood pressure pills, life-saving. I'm not talking about the antipsychotics for people that really have some serious chemical imbalances. It gives them their, can give them their life back. I'm not talking about, uh, oh, antibiotics, obviously, although they can definitely be overused. Everything requires a balance and, and common sense and sometimes on instant fix. With my Synexus device, one of the hardest things to have to do is getting the people to, you got to come two or three times a week. This is a, each treatment stacks on the last treatment. Everybody wants one and done. You know, kind of like me sometimes, too, just like everybody else. And uh, I have carpal tunnel right now, and I didn't apply the machine soon enough, so I have to have surgery on it next, a week after next. But, again, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's using your common sense, listening to your body. Sometimes drugs are not the answer. And then and finding a doctor that really, you know, really doesn't want to give a drug for a symptom, really wants to figure out what's going on. And this is not just pain medicine. I mean, this is everything. I feel sorry for these HMO patients who, who the doctor spent eight minutes with them, and three of those minutes they're typing in their computer. I just, it's just awful. Yeah. It, uh, it makes me cry. I, I, I agree I agree with you. And uh, don't forget if, uh, and it looks like Dr. Uh, Odell is going to be in the hangar for a little while. Uh, but he'll be back uh, better than ever, uh, sooner rather than later. And and don't forget to uh, call uh, Dr. Odell at the Neuropathy and Pain Center. Whatever it is that you're dealing with pain-wise, get some answers. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, give me one second. 702-257-7246 is the number to Dr. Odell and the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center. I definitely want to hear your Olympic story. I was actually going to talk to you about my, the Olympics. Uh, did you see the 4 by 100 The swimming? Yes. Yeah. The, the one of the anchors named Becker? Yes, uh-huh. Well, his father is an anesthesiologist in Reno. He used to live next door to me. So um, I can't remember uh, his son's first name right now because I, I missed the race. But he swam in my pool. Oh. I had an Olympic swimmer who swam in my pool. Now, not many people can say that. That's true. You you spawned a Olympic swimmer at the, no. at, the at your pool. No, he did it himself by working hard, and he actually burned out because he was older than a lot of his other kids. Wow! But, uh, but I thought that was just awesome. Well, I think that's that, that's 
is so great about the Olympics is, um, you know, because there's there's so many events and there's so many different sports that invariably there's like a there's like a uh, you know not a very big degree of separation between you and somebody that's up there you know competing uh truly so uh it's one of the beautiful things about the olympics they could all get medals yeah same here dr odell please take care of yourself i know you're going to do the right thing and the responsible thing and do all the research uh but first and foremost just relax um rest up uh do the responsible thing i know you will and i can't do that you know that i could be very creative this week but anyway uh, i'd be happy to be on early in the week if you want because i ain't going nowhere yeah for sure we'll call uh let's let's try for monday or tuesday of next week how about that you're on all right dr odell thank you so much that's dr robert odell on the mend, uh, he works or he's the the head of the uh, neuropathy and pain center here in Las Vegas. Please give them a call. Like I said, uh, you don't have to deal with pain just because you're getting old. Uh, that's nonsense. You don't have to grit your teeth, be Superman, just because that's what you think you're supposed to do. Uh, give them a call over at the neuropathy and pain center. Get the treatment that you deserve and go live a longer life without pain. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. I would say my thoughts on the group right now was uh, it's a similar feeling to the defensive line group I was a part of in 2017 in Jacksonville. It was just a special uh, energy in the room. You can just tell guys had each other's back, and I feel that with this defensive line group early, you can tell guys when to see each other win and just push each other. Absolutely. You know, um, when one guy's doing great on the defensive line, it, it makes the others uh, have to pick up their uh, pace, and uh, also it just makes you want to uh, become a better uh, teammate as far as you have a three technique and he's uh, beating his guard all day long. It makes you as a five technique want to step up and help him out as well. So overall, that makes all four uh, play tremendously well. Words of wisdom from new Raider defensive end Unique Ngakwe. You know, there's just a presence about Unique. First of all, forget the presence, which is important. You go watch him on the practice field during uh, his individual work, the agility work that he does, and uh, hitting the bags, hitting the blocking sled, uh, maneuvering around things, uh, getting off the line of scrimmage. You just watch him for five minutes do his thing, and you realize this dude does it at a different level than everybody else. That's not taken away from the other guys because, hello, they're in the NFL. They're part of the top 1% of people that do their thing in the entire planet and beyond the universe, for crying out loud. Like, that's elite-level stuff. Whoever, Whatever you want to say about Clee Farrell or Max or any of those guys, and they're good. If you want to criticize, criticize at your own risk because you're criticizing the cream of the crop. But even in cream-of-the-crop situations, you have a guy that is just a level above all that. That's why we see the superstars that we see in whatever particular sport we see. At the highest level, there's even a higher level, if that makes any sense. And you watch Unique and Gakwe on the practice field, and you realize this dude's a cut above. And that's a good thing, and it's a great thing if you're a Raider fan listening to him talk about his peers on this Raiders team and comparing them to a great group that he played with in Jacksonville. And the promise of this Raiders defensive line and all the versatility with all the new faces, some of the holdovers uh, that they that have carried over uh, from last year added to these newcomers. And Unique Ngakwe, who's seen it, been there, done that, understands what a good defensive line looks like. For him 
to say, you know what, there's some similarities here. Yeah, that's a pretty good thing if you're a Raiders fan. But the presence that he has in delivering that message, and he's pretty impressive just sitting in a room with him, listening to him talk and conversing with him. I can only imagine what that feels like and looks like in the locker room, in the weight room, in the cafeteria when all the other defensive linemen are kind of, uh, you know, hanging by every word and you know, being around him and wanting to learn from him and, and wanting to just uh, talk to him and let some of that rub off. I can only imagine how impressive that looks in there, too. It's important. Don't discount it. It's part of it's – it's an element that the Raiders haven't had on that side of the ball for a long time, and I think he brings that. And I think you're going to see that reflected not only in his play, but that defensive line's play and collectively the entire defense. We're going to go out to the Raider. By the way, you're listening to In the Huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Tequila, Tequila Embajador. Uh, but without further ado, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and bring in a very good friend of the show, a very good friend of mine. I've I've, I've seen him more than I've seen my wife the last week or so. Which speaking of weight rooms, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what to, to to make of all that. And I'm sure my wife, who's listening. Listening. It's going to have something to say and put in my ear when I get home for even saying things along those terms. But it's the truth, Willie, right? We've been seeing a lot of each other these last few days, and I'm, I'm, uh, I, I enjoy that. I like that. Uh, we're talking to Willie Ramirez from the Associated Press here in Las Vegas. How are you doing, my brother? Good. Uh, that buildup about unique, man, just when you said like amongst an elite group, you know, an elite uh, uh, uh above and above the the eliteness and so on and so forth i i was ready for that to be the introduction for you know for willie ramirez i was kind of getting excited and then i realized you were still talking about him but hey you know you take it with the grain of salt my pies on how are you well you bring eliteness too willie so uh <laughs> you're I'm, you- I'm, about to, I'm about to bring eliteness to this leg day that i'm about to get into yeah. tonight I, i'm sitting in the parking lot of the gym and uh, you got me all fired up talking about how the defensive line looked because I'm right there with you, man. I was impressed. Hey, look, and and you know I don't want to be that lone voice out there trying to be all optimistic and everything like that. But are you seeing what I'm seeing from that defensive line or what? Well, here's the thing: if you heard my question to Gus today, uh, defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, what I've been impressed with is that here we are in the first week, and I get it, they're professional athletes, yes, but you somewhat expect. Not not that they're coming out flat and not prepared, but a, like where you can visibly see the kinks that still need to be worked out, the sluggishness of this player, that player. Like, I'm not seeing a lack of hustle out of anybody. I'm seeing athleticism. I'm seeing agility. I'm seeing offensive and defensive linemen, the big boys in the trenches, leaned out, trimmed down, aesthetically pleasing to the athletic eye. I'm seeing guys that have come to make a difference in week one of the training camp. And that's why I asked Gus. I mean, yeah, he brings energy to the field, which I wrote about today in my story for AP. But the strength and conditioning team for this team for, for this organization has put in work during the offseason. That's what I've been impressed with is the conditioning and agility of everybody, but especially in the trenches. Yo, man, uh, what you just said reminded me right after um, minicamp wrapped up, right? Uh, last, what was it, June, first week of June, whatever it was. Uh, I remember texting a player to kind of get his impressions uh, of, of the offseason program, yada, yada, yada. And so, um, you know, he, he, he texted me back with what, you know, uh, his thoughts and whatnot. And so my text back to him was, hey, thanks. Uh, enjoy, you know, enjoy your break. And his response was, what? Question mark, question mark. 
I'm like, what break? I was like, you know, hey, enjoy your break. He goes, man, there's no break. He goes, we are so, this is, and this is what bodes well. I think it's kind of probably points to what you're talking about because I agree with you. These guys have hit the ground running and they look good. They look like they're ready to rock and roll right now. His, his thing back to me was there's no break. We're ready to, we're going to, this, these next 39 days, we're going to work harder than we did the last, you know, uh, eight weeks or so. And I was like, whoa. And I know that. This dude was straight up. He wasn't talking the talk. I know that they were uh, going to back that up. And, and Willie, we talked about this a little bit. How important do you think um, the fact that the building was open for these players throughout the offseason, unlike last year when everything was closed down? So if you had to work out, Willie, you had to go call Willie Ramirez and find some underground gym somewhere uh, to, yeah. to try to get a workout in. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Whereas now, or, or this past offseason, the facility at Henderson was, was wide open. You could go in there and work out with your peers, with your strength and conditioning coach. And on top of that, the fact that guys are staying in town in Las Vegas. That wasn't always the case uh, in up in the Bay Area, where it's quite a bit expensive to live. I know a lot of these guys are making money, but you know you want to hold on to that money too. So typically, guys would go back to wherever their hometown was uh, and work out there. So the combination of being in Las Vegas, plenty of guys staying here, and that facility being open, do you think that contributed to the shape that these guys have reported to work in? Well, there's no doubt about it, because especially the Bay Area last year, they were under strict, you know, stricter guidelines when when Vegas was starting to open up after June fourth, and I know that gyms were opening up then because obviously with my son, you know, being a professional bodybuilder and being in that fitness world and and now being a gym owner, you know, uh, he had to scrap and, and get by in to, to to run his business. So, but you talk about the Bay Area. They, they, I mean, think about it. San Jose State, you know, football and, and, and Stanford women's basketball and some of those teams that were forced out of, out of the Bay Area, they couldn't even open up come fall. So these guys, if they hadn't relocated and moved out here, they weren't able to go back, quote-unquote, home. So, yeah, it was very tough, and it, and it made it hard, and it made it frustrating, and you couldn't bond and build that camaraderie and find that workout guy. And what else it does is, you know, you see how these units and groups stick together, you know, the offensive line, the defensive line. Obviously, there's going to be programs, okay, O-line on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're doing squats and deadlifts, we're hitting compound movements, whatever it may be that the program that's being written. You're also going to find those guys that when it comes to conditioning, maybe you have a defensive line. We, you know, we heard Cleve Farrell uh Talk about unique and saying that he looks and trains like a running back. He runs and rushes like a running back. His unique rushing ability is different than what he's ever seen before in his career. He said that. And so who knows if he has, if these guys have sort of bonded with someone in a different unit so they do plyometrics or explosive movements or a different kind of conditioning outside of when the unit is lifting and it makes 100% a difference, which you actually pointed out to me. Let me just throw that out there. When I was talking to you today in the press room before uh, Bradley got in there, and, and I said, man, these guys look incredible, and you're like, yeah, I think the off season really helped. So maybe you were alluding to the text message you got, but the bottom line is to be into that facility every single day leading up to training camp and bonding and building the camaraderie that these guys have seemingly built, it is – it, it, it's a world of difference than what we saw last year or what we were able to see for a few minutes here and there and, and you know, and then talking to them over Zoom. It's, it's, it's really impressive, and I'm not trying to, you know, 
like you like you said, you know, be overly optimistic. It's only the first week. I get it, but you know, there's just a different vibe. There's a different feel. The same way that we hear those guys talk about Bradley bringing a different energy to the unit. I mean, I'm feeling the energy. You know what I mean? It's it's incredible. And, and you look at the facility itself, and I'm sure all NFL facilities have world class. You know, the weightlifting and so on and so forth. But man, it's just uh, it it makes a world. I heard that the you know the the different areas inside that facility, the hills that they have, you know, the uh, the uh, for for conditioning and uh, the pool and the different things that they have set up for these guys. Who wouldn't be excited to get in there and train and turn things around? And then you add Bradley to the mix, and it's 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 a it's a perfect marriage. We're talking to Willie Ramirez, and he's calling it like he sees it. He's not being overly optimistic, and neither am I. I'm just giving you what I'm seeing, and I know Willie's doing the same thing. That's what we're seeing. If we were seeing something completely opposite, guys moping around, guys looking like, uh, you're looking a little heavy there or uh, a little pudgy, we'd be talking about that too, but it's not. This That's not the case. Uh, these guys right. have hit the ground running without a doubt. You can follow uh, Willie, by the way, at Willie G. Uh, Ramirez. Uh, Willie, on my way to uh, the studio today, I texted a, a Raider coach. And I was like, hey, man, I kind of shared, the, uh, you know, uh, uh, not exactly, but kind of similar to what you were just saying and what we're talking about to the coach. Um, yeah. You know, trying to say, am I off here? Am I reading something wrong? And the response that I got back was, um, you know, uh, uh, pretty much in support of it. But the last part of it was these guys really like each other. Uh, they're having yeah. a lot of fun uh, with each other together. Um, and yeah. and I, that's what I wanted to bring up uh, as well. In addition to the energy, in addition to those guys being in good shape, I'm kind of sensing that there's a connection uh, with this team that we haven't seen in, in years past. And I know that when teams are connected, when guys are connected, when there's a collective goal and and and, and all that, it always and typically, especially if it's backed up with talent and the talent level looks good out there as well, it typically bodes well for a season. Your thoughts on that? It does. And, you know, it's interesting because I had a chance to speak one-on-one with uh, Damon Arnett, who's been somewhat quiet since last year, hasn't been made available, but uh, we, we spoke and I did an, I had an exclusive interview and uh, came out the other day uh, for AP. And one thing that I asked him, I said, you know, as far as Bradley is concerned, what, what exactly is different that in your eyes? And he says, his, this exact quote, he said, he just brought a different type of energy, different type of genuineness and love to the team. Everybody is just getting closer. He brought back the brotherhood for the love of your brother next to you. You definitely feel a different vibe, positive vibe. I just see this type of defense excelling. Now, you know the problems that that, uh, that uh, Damon had last year, you know, dealing with injuries, a couple of concussions. He admitted to me that he was reckless on the field, just a wild rookie, trying to hit everything. And the bigger the guy that he was going against, he wanted to go harder. For a guy to somewhat be humble and and use those words, genuineness, brotherhood, love for your brother, um, and how it's helped him because he said he was me- internally and mentally defeated after so many things that went wrong with his rookie season. For him to be inspired, you know, with that rough bravado that he brings and, 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 and his dedication to this year, it, it spoke volumes to me in what Gus Brad- Bradley has done in instilling – that sense of, you know, chemistry that needs to be built in order for this uh, unit to improve. 
The other thing that stood out to me from OTAs and, and, and just listening to them speak, if you remember last year, um, John Gruden said specifically at one point that the key to the defense, the anchor, was going to be one person. Remember, it was Malik Collins, and who is now gone. Well, obviously he must have been key. I think you might have been the one that said this to me. You were like, well, obviously he must have – maybe he was right that he was key because he didn't do too well, and if he was the key, well, then – the, the defense had exactly. I, I never heard anything such from Bradley or anybody else this season, starting with OTAs to now. I've never heard anybody pinpoint one guy. If you if you ask them what that person brings, yeah, he could do this. He can anchor that, or he can do this as far as the line, or or be a leader or a mentor. I've heard that attached to many compliments about each player or specific players he can mentor this guy he can do this Casey Hayward for Damon unique for the line this I've heard that several times but I've never heard that a defense is that this defense is counting on one guy and when I asked Bradley about that I asked Gruden about it the other day when I asked these guys they said yes it's not about that it's about the one unit and that's been the most important message to get these guys understanding appreciating and finding that brotherhood like damon said for one another yeah and i think that um and that is it's it's all important when i I watch gus bradley i I like to just kind of watch him do his thing and there's there's for me anyway um there's a little bit of a sean McVay vibe to it i know sean's the young you know good looking uh positive football genius and all that even though he would never consider himself a genius or he, he laughs at all that uh he's just a football coach um but the positivity and the teaching and the communication on that level i see a lot of that that uh that gus is bringing to this defense and i'm here as a witness that that kind of stuff is important it's not just talk it's not just you know uh sure yeah whatever whatever positive culture all that kind of stuff all of that stuff means something and i think that what you're hitting on and i completely agree is that it's building a culture and it's not a culture yeah. of me or i but of us and you know if have you noticed how on the defensive line, it's groups of four. Four guys will come in and replace the previous four guys, and another four guys will come in yeah. and, and replace those four guys. It's almost like they're building these individual lines uh, that are going to come in and support the previous four guys, push each other, challenge each other, encourage each other. Uh, I, it's just it's got a good vibe about it, Willie. Yeah, it does. You know, one thing that stood out to me, I, I – you know, this is just obviously my second year covering the team. But the other thing that I've noticed, like during uh, hitting the tackling dome, hitting the hitting the sled, hitting it with the defensive line, is that this stood out. And maybe I could just be reaching on this one, and maybe it's different. Maybe it's not. Maybe everybody does this, but I, you know, you hear the guys cheer each other on, like that a boy or yeah, let's get it, or one may do it, whatever. What I notice is that they're calling each other by their first name, and they're doing it with a lot of uh, enthusiasm, you know, call Nassib, hit, do there, there, there's, there was one drill with the, with the, uh, with the tackling dummy there in front, like sort of on a sled. It's got the arms out where they swipe it and come around and come back. And they do it four times, call three, four guys, but by their first name and they're getting louder and louder. Then Max Crosby gets in louder and louder and they at each person. And they're making sure that they're hearing one another vibe with one another. And, you know, it's it's big, it's huge, and and I'm seeing like you're saying, like they're working within 
you know, smaller groups with, within the unit. But then you'll see them work. I saw that with the offensive line today. Like at one point they were all working and Richie Incognito was was sort of in, in a different group, but then he worked into one group and then they're sort of rotating and they're they're definitely uplifting one another constantly. It just you know, um I, you heard me ask Gus Bradley sort of laughingly today. I was like, Yeah, yeah, um John's John Gruden's voice is, is kinda loud out there. Are you guys having a contest to see who's louder to bring the spirit up? And he he actually it was funny is he does a good job of that, but his follow up quote was that we have a lot of spirited players. We're, everybody is spirited and vocal out there. So it's reverberating where, like you said, yeah, maybe some people are not rah-rah, but if Gus Bradley can touch 10 players of his unit that have that rah-rah attitude, and then all of a sudden of that 10, five of them reach out to 10 other players and get them going rah-rah, and five of those 10, and it reverberates and it just sort of becomes contagious, all of a sudden – you have an entire group that starts believing in one another. And, man, that could be so much bigger than talent sometimes where, yay, we may not be the talented and the best team. And, and you know what I compare this to? The first year of the Golden Knights where they sort of all just came together and there was no one big superstar, but well, other than Marc-Andre Fleury, but there was a group that believed in one another and they came together to do great things. And they may not have been the most talented, didn't have the best superstar, but together they believed in one another and lifted each other up. And all of a sudden you saw what happened. And that's what could possibly take place with this team if they continue to vibe the way that we're seeing just this first week. And, hey, it's the end of July. I mean, we got a ways to go before opening week, Monday night football against the Ravens. But the bottom line is the attitude right now and the things that we're seeing and the things that they're saying, it's, it's all the things that you need to do for the next six months. I completely agree. We're talking to Willie Ramirez. You could follow him at Willie G. Uh, Ramirez. Willie, I wish we had more time uh, to talk about this, uh, but you're going to come back on very soon, hopefully next week, if you got some time, uh, because yeah. next week's a big week. They're they're going to get their pads on. I believe it's next week, right? Uh, somewhere to- somewhere along uh, the way. Yeah, they mentioned that. Next week they're going to get their pads on, but uh, I, I – I, Thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. A, uh, B, thanks for the enlightenment and uh, and great job by the way on the Damon Arnett uh, story. Uh, I'm with you. I think that you know he was humbled last year. A lot of a lot of it was out of his control. I think people need to understand that and acknowledge that the dude broke his hand, tried to play through it, had surgery, uh, wasn't able to get into the weight room, didn't look like the same physical player uh, when he came back. Then there were the concussions, COVID-19. So uh, can we give this guy a little bit of time, a little bit of a pass uh, before we bury him? That was an incomplete season last year. Let's see what he's able to do uh, with a uh, a full season and hopefully for him not have to deal with so many uh, obstacles. But Willie, thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the soccer game over at Allegiant Stadium. I know that uh, – or wait, are you going to that soccer game? No, absolutely not. (laughs) I set you up there, Willie. I knew what the answer was because you're with me. Uh, Nothing against our football fans, but we like the other football uh, a little bit more. But, Willie, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, Have a great weekend. If I don't see you tomorrow, I will see you uh, sometime next week, brother. Sounds good. Take it easy. Bye-bye. You Don't crush it. leg day. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. We got Willie fired up, right? Yeah. We got him fired up to go do his thing uh, at the gym, and sometimes you need that little extra push. Not that Willie does. He's a ball of energy, uh, but uh, I, I know he's going to go do the right thing in the gym. Thanks so much, Willie. Always enjoy talking to him. Always enjoy the enlightenment. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Invajador. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. 
Um, I would say Coach Rob. You know, he, uh, he just uh, he wants me to lead. You know what I mean? And, uh, he wants me to be able to uh, direct his group the right way, and I, I take I take that on uh, my shoulders. And I'm excited about that. I'm uh, happy to be the leaders of this team. So uh, that's how I view myself. And uh, I just feel like I was a Raider all along. It just took me a while to get here. That is Unique Ngakwe uh, talking about how it was destiny to be a Raider. I know the Raiders were very, very interested in Unique Ngakwe last year. Uh, the asking price was a little bit too high mm-hmm. uh, for their taste. So they ended up getting him a year later um, for just money and not having to pay uh, in any sort of a draft pick. So it all worked out in the end. By the way, we teased a story on Aaron Donald uh, a little while back, a, a low-level kind of a coffee go-getter type guy in the Raider or excuse me in the Rams uh, building was actually his job was to cut up tape of college prospects and college teams and um, he was happened to be doing the University of Pittsburgh or the ACC I can't remember what it was but he kept seeing this kid from the University of Pittsburgh by the name of Aaron Donald and he, and he was so unsure of himself because he was just kind of a peon at, at that point uh, in his career uh, that he didn't want to like step over any kind of grounds uh any kind of boundaries within his job he wanted to stay in his lane so to speak and so he was he was reluctant to bring it to anybody above him um but he, eventually he's like guys I'm, I'm just you know i'm who i am you know whatever but there's a guy at pittsburgh that you have to take a look at and it was aaron donald defensive tackle so at his urging uh and then the area scout uh for for that area went and looked at him agreed then they you know brought their head scout uh over there to go watch him he's now the uh general manager uh, brad holmes now the general manager of the detroit lions uh and so they fell in love with him but going into that draft the rams had a desperate need along the offensive line so Luckily for them, a year before, they had made a trade with the Washington Football Club where Washington uh, moved up in the draft to draft uh, RG3, and the Rams got a slew of first-round picks as a result. So they ended up having two first-round picks in the 2014 draft, and they had the second pick overall and the 13th pick overall. With the second pick overall, with a desperate need along the offensive line, they feel like they solved their offensive line problems by drafting a kid by the name of Greg Robinson wah, from wah, wah. yeah exactly from uh, Auburn University, who their general manager or somebody in the organization I won't say who told me years later that he was the nicest guy in the world, but it would get into his own head, and it got to a point where they were telling him, "Look, it doesn't matter if you're blocking the wrong guy; just block somebody. somebody yep. <laughs> just please block. Don't take yourself Hit so somebody. far out of it." That you're not even hitting anybody. Like, we'll deal with that. We'd rather you just block anybody rather than nobody. Anyway, so they, they but coming out of college, Greg Robinson was a, a great prospect, and they feel like they solidified their offensive line by drafting him. They're, they have the 13th pick in the draft. Their defensive line had Robert Quinn, um, Howie Long's son. There were a couple other good players, and they didn't really need a defensive lineman, but they felt, hey, hey we got this extra first-round pick. Let's make a good unit, a great unit. And that's how they ended up with Aaron Donald. Now, I, ask, I always ask this question. Like, had you not had that second pick overall, would you have drafted Aaron Donald with a 13th pick? No. <laughs> it would have been Zach Martin from Notre Dame, who is a tremendous player in his own right, but he's not Aaron Donald. But it just shows you sometimes how situations can dictate your path in the draft and how 
sometimes you have to be lucky. You want to say thanks to Willie Ramirez, Dr. Odell, uh, Jared, our great producer. Thank you so much for uh, pitching, pitch hitting today and making it sound great. Thanks to the callers. Thanks to all the guests that we had this week. We'll be back at it next week, Monday, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Tomorrow, uh, last practice of the week, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. for the Raiders. Uh, off day on Sunday. We'll talk about it on Monday.